Philippians, Paul's letter to the Philippians. Paul's letter to the Philippians was written to the first church that Paul established on European soil. Well, with my readings, chapter 1, which you can find in our church Bible, on page number 1825. And I'm reading from Church 1, chapter 1, verses 1 to verse 11, and then to chapter 3 for just one reading of verse 1. Now, from verse 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in church in Christ Jesus at Philippia, together with the overseers and descents. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart and, whether I am in in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. Grace can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and black, blakeful, blakeless, blameless, I say, for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through the Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Now to chapter 3 which can be found on page 1828, the verse 1. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me, too, to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you.
So, let's pray. Jesus, would you take these words that your spirit inspired to be written, preserved for us. Lord, would you, by your same spirit, use them to do the work in our hearts that you would today. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I love listening to music, and I love listening to Christian music, and I love finding uh, all sorts of different uh, Christian music from around the world. There's a group that I really love, a contemporary group, and they do sort of different versions of classic old hymns. Uh, They do them in different styles. And I'm not going to tell you who they are, because in a moment I'm going to be just marginally critical of just one of their songs. But I want to make it very clear, in case you know who I'm talking about, that I actually love 99.9% of everything that they do, I think, is brilliant. But the one that makes me slightly chuckle to myself uh, when it comes on, if I'm listening to it in the car or something like that, is uh, they do a version of that old hymn which goes, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Hands up if you know that one. I'm sure some people do, yeah. The thing is, the way that they do that particular hymn, I'm going to have to slightly sing it to you, so I apologize for that. Bearing in mind the words are, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. It goes something like this. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. I mean, the irony is, of course, I come away smiling to myself because I find it so ironic. And as I said, I love uh, everything else they do. I've really enjoyed and I have no idea why. On that particular song, with those particular words, they do it in such a downbeat way. Now, I didn't want to play that to you this morning because I didn't want to depress you on this uh, sunny Sunday morning. I thought far better to depress you by listening to my singing. But I wonder if sometimes actually that song is a good illustration of what it feels like to be a Christian joining in with the church. Let me explain. Sometimes we can feel like we have to pretend that we're happy even when things are hard. That we know when we come together or we go to a home group or we meet up with a Christian friend, they say, how are you? We've got to say something like, Fine. I'm fine. Not quite, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. I mean, that'd be a great response, wouldn't it? How are you? I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart would be a, a wonderful thing to say to me on the way into church. But I wonder sometimes if there's, we feel like there's this pressure, as it were, to put the brave face on it. That we know that we're meant to, or we feel like we're meant to be happy because we're Christians. And yet... We don't feel like it. And we might look around and see other people and think, well, how come they're all so happy? And the reality probably is that they're feeling very much the same. And we are doing a little bit of what that song feels like, trying to say, I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. But the reality is that actually life is tough sometimes. Well, I think that there's something there for us, if that's ever the case for you, in this opening to Paul's letter to the Philippians. 
We're moving on to this, having spent a few weeks looking at what the Holy Spirit does in the lives of those who receive him. We looked at the gifts, and we looked last week at the freedom that comes and the fruit that the Spirit can grow in us. And we're moving on to Paul's letters because this is, in effect, in the New Testament where that's sort of most clearly seen. In the way that Paul himself writes and in what he's encouraging amongst the churches that he's writing to. And this letter in particular, I think, demonstrates the fruit of the Spirit in Paul's heart as he writes to these Christians in Philippi, a church that he's founded. You can read about it in Acts where he goes and uh, there's an encounter with Lydia, the cloth seller, and others down by the water in Philippi and sets up a church of believers in Jesus, and now he's writing back to them. And in this letter, in this opening section of his letter, you can see the fruits of the Spirit, particularly the first two that are listed there in Galatians, love and joy. You see, Paul has developed a godly love. And I think as we consider Paul's godly love and joy. The same Holy Spirit that does that for him can do that for us. So that we're not putting on a mask. We're not pretending that we're happy when actually things are difficult. But we are able to have this deep-seated joy even in difficult circumstances. Because that's the situation that we have here from Paul. After his opening normal greetings, he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. But as he goes on, we realize the situation that Paul is in. He says, I have you in my heart for whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel All of you share in God's grace with me. And there's a hint there in that opening as to what Paul's situation is. As he writes to these friends, these uh, fellow believers in Philippi, Paul is writing from a Roman prison cell. Now, as a Roman citizen, he has certain privileges which enables him to receive visitors and letters and to send letters out, but we kid ourselves if we think it's in any way pleasant or a nice situation to be in. Because of what Paul has been doing and this mission that he's had to take the good news of the risen Jesus out, particularly further out than it had been so far, as a result of that, he's come into conflict with the powers of the day, particularly with the Roman Empire. And here he is in prison. Here he is writing in chains. And yet he writes and prays with this extraordinary love and joy. It's so deep-seated in Paul that even when his circumstances are really genuinely tough, he still is able to express this love and this joy that he has for his partnership in the gospel with these Christians in Philippi. So how does he do that? How might we do that when life is hard? To save ourselves from feeling like we need to put on a mask and cover up how we really feel. 
but actually be able to be able to feel that joy even as we recognize the challenges that we sometimes face. Well, I think that Paul was able to do that first and foremost because the Holy Spirit was growing those fruits in him. That's the first thing to realize. Sometimes we come and we feel like we need to be, make ourselves happy, or we need to make ourselves joyful, or we need to try and be more loving. That's where that pressure comes from. And often our response is to try and do it for ourselves. But these things, Paul himself writes, come as a gift from God. We can't create it. We receive it. We need to ask God for that love and that joy. And Paul's understanding meant that he knew that no matter what situation or circumstance he was in, it was never the end of his story. He goes on to say, whether if I uh, live, it is Christ, and if I die, it is gain. Yes, life was tough, but it would never be the end of his story. And Paul also knew that he was part of a bigger picture. That what he was doing in encouraging these Christians was part of God's plan of salvation. Whenever he explains why he's able to have this love and joy, he always connects it to their partnership in the gospel. That together they are taking out this good news about Jesus. And it is changing lives. And it is saving people into heaven from hell. It is transforming people's eternities. Paul sees this bigger picture. And he thanks God that even though he's in prison, he's still graciously giving Paul a chance to be a part of it. And because of all of that, Paul has this deep joy in his heart. I want to pause for a moment because I'm aware that in teaching on this there's still that danger that the opposite effect is felt. Now Tom spoke last Sunday about how we need to have joy when we're in church so although everything's gone wrong this week I'm going to come in and force my smile. Don't please don't do that it looks really creepy. (laughs) But most importantly don't do that because it's not honest with God. Don't feel guilty when life is hard. And don't feel like you need to put on a mask, cover it up, layer and layer of how we think we should be when we're together with other Christians instead of actually being honest about what's really going on underneath. When we decorated the vicarage, one of the bedrooms had lots of layers of wallpaper on it. And we had the choice between taking off all the layers of wallpaper and patching up and starting afresh with the, with the wall and painting that or just painting over the top. I think we, we'd painted all the other bedrooms by that, so we took the easy option. We painted over the top. But you can see the imperfections underneath and all the, the little bits of wallpaper and the gaps and the cracks and the bits that have peeled away and been covered over. It would have been better, actually, if we put the time in to take off all the layers and get back to the wall itself to smooth it out File it down and then paint afresh. But the temptation was too great to just paint on over the top. And I think we can feel that temptation 
We know that, that coming to church, is, it, we, sort of, or we tell ourselves that it's meant to be this place where everyone's always happy and everything's perfect and Jesus loves us and so everything's fine. And so we, we put another layer on top. We put on a layer of job success. We put on a layer of family happiness. We put on a layer of no doubts and questions. We put on all these layers that we, we think we're meant to have when God actually wants us to go right back to our heart. He wants to peel away those layers. And he wants to fix us, help us, restore us at a heart level. And as he does that, then by his grace and the work of his Holy Spirit, we can know this joy even in spite of our circumstances. I think if I had to differentiate between happiness and joy, from a Christian perspective, I would say happiness is what we feel when life is good. And joy is what God gives us even when life is hard. Happiness comes as a result of our circumstances. Joy can come even in spite of our circumstances. Because there is no circumstance more fundamental to our lives as Christians than the God who made us, loved us enough to die for us, has restored us to our Father in heaven, sent his presence to dwell amongst us as a living temple and has set his spirit in our hearts as a seal and a guarantee of our place with him forever. There is no circumstance in life more foundational than that. There is no identity more determining of who we are than as beloved sons and daughters of our gracious heavenly Father. And if we can get back to that, if we can ask him to peel away those layers, then we can have that deep-seated joy. Because like Paul, We can see that we're part of a bigger story, part of a bigger picture. That God is using us with others to achieve his glorious and eternal purposes. And we can have that love and that joy deep in our hearts. In a sense, that's then what Paul goes on to pray for them in those last few verses. That having developed that godly love... Paul now prays for them. Verse 9. This is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. That's Paul's prayer. That what he's received from Christ, they would receive from Christ. It's a wonderful pattern for us, for our own prayers, of how we pray for others. We're very good, I think, at praying for people when life is hard, when it's tough. And that's great, and it's good that we do that. I'm not sure we're quite as good as Paul at praying for people when life is going well. See, the church in Philippi are generally doing pretty good. 
Paul can see that God will bring to completion what he started in them, and so he prays more and more. He doesn't think, oh, well, they're kind of okay, so I'll move on to someone else. No, he can see that God is doing this work in them, growing this love and this joy and this peace. And so he prays more for them. He never stops praying for them. I pray continually for you that you would grow in these things. I think, well, that's a wonderful application for our own prayers. To remember to take the time, not only to pray for those times and people which are hard, but to give thanks and pray into the things which are going well, where we're seeing God at work, when we can see how people are growing in their faith and developing this love and joy. Let's keep pressing in, keep praying into it. Let's, let's ask God for more of that. Paul certainly does. I'm going to pause in a moment. Those are the two things I wanted to say, which I think come out of this passage. You see this deep love and joy in Paul in spite of his circumstances, and you see how he prays for others that they would have more of that for themselves. That, I think, is what God wants us to take away from this passage this morning. To be absolutely honest and real with him. To ask him to peel away those layers, take off those masks, get back to the foundations of who we are in Christ so that we know that joy even when life is challenging. And to inspire us in our prayers to pray not only for the difficulties and the challenges, but to pray for more of the love and the joy and the peace and that fruit of righteousness and the sharing of the gospel that we see in ourselves and in other people. To pray into the good things that God would enable them still to flourish. To know God's love and to pray that people would live out God's truth. I'm going to pause and I'm going to spend some time praying. But I want to finish one more time. (laughs) You can tell it's on my mind. Please don't go away from this feeling guilty. Please don't go away, ironically, saying, oh, I've got to try and remember to have that joy. Joy. It's not what Paul's saying. What he's saying is open up your heart. Ask God to peel away the layers. And ask God to grow it in you. So let's pray for that, shall we? Father, thank you for those words, that prayer of Paul to the church in Philippi and by your grace, Lord, collected into your scripture, your word, that you would also speak it to us today. That in all his prayers for them, he was always praying with joy because of partnership in the gospel And being confident that you who began a good work will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ. Lord, save us from the guilt. 
Save us from the masks. Save us from feeling the pressure of having to pretend that life is not the way it is. God, give us the grace to be honest with you and the vulnerability at the right time to be honest with one another. And Lord, would your Holy Spirit do that work in our hearts that peels away those layers that we felt we needed to try and cover over with. Get us back, Lord, to the foundation of who we are in you. And Lord, because we know we are loved by you, because we know we are saved by you, because we know that nothing in life or death can separate us from you, Lord, would you grow that fruit of love and joy deep in our hearts, not ignoring or whitewashing our circumstances, bringing them before you in prayer and asking that your Holy Spirit would grow that fruit of righteousness in us and in the people that we pray for. Lord, we need you to do it for us. And we trust that by your grace and the promises of your word, you have, you are, you will. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.